Hi everyone, welcome back to Ock Thoughts, your favorite podcast of the week. My name is Aksha, and today we will be speaking about a current event that has fundamentally impacted American life for the foreseeable future. I am talking about the coronavirus. Schools are shutting down, sports are being cancelled, colleges are going online for the remainder of the semester, large gatherings are being banned, we are now in a recession, Disney and Universal theme parks are shutting down, flights are being cancelled, cruise ships are being stopped in the middle of the ocean, and there is now a travel ban in effect for passengers flying to and from Europe. Our team member Rachel has been impacted by this as she may have to take a 14-day quarantine upon her arrival to the United States. All of this is due to the coronavirus. Before we delve into this issue, I'd like to offer a disclaimer. I am not a medical professional, nor do I have any particular expertise in this department. I am simply conducting my own research and presenting you with the information that I am aware of. There will be a copy of the rough transcript I've used to create this podcast on our website at ochthoughts.net, at the end of which we will label the sources I've used in the creation of this content. I've tried to remain as accurate as possible by relying on information from sources which I deem credible, and offering my own understanding of the information provided. With that said, of course, there's room for error in my interpretations and research, so I'd like to acknowledge that point. If you find any discrepancy or inaccurate detail or piece of information, please point that out to us on either our suggestion page at ochthoughts.net or DM us at our Instagram, ochthoughts.podcast. The general structure of this episode is that I'll start by speaking about what exactly the coronavirus is and how it originated. I'll talk about how it became, as the World Health Organization describes it, a worldwide pandemic. Then I'll talk about ways to reduce exposure to the virus and what one can do to what one can attempt to do to protect themselves from it. I'll then speak about the implications of the virus so far. And then I'll finally wrap up with how this situation may see an end. According to the World Health Organization, coronaviruses are, quote, a large family of viruses that cause illnesses ranging from the common cold to more severe diseases such as Middle East Respiratory Syndrome and Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. A novel coronavirus is a new strain that has not previously been identified in humans, end quote. A key feature of coronaviruses is that they can be transmitted between people and animals. Now, the official name of the current disease is the coronavirus disease, or COVID-19. The official name of the specific virus is Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2, or SARS-CoV-2. From a risk communications perspective, the World Health Organization typically uses the term COVID-19 to describe this. Now, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, or the CDC for short, this virus has its origin in bats. The epicenter of this outbreak has taken place in Wuhan, China, and the CDC reports that, quote, many of the patients at the epicenter of the outbreak had some link to a large seafood and live animal market, suggesting animal-to-person spread. Later, a growing number of patients reportedly did not have exposure to animal markets, indicating person-to-person spread, end quote. Basically, the disease and virus originated within some sort of animal that went to a large seafood market in China that then spread to humans, and then humans continued spreading it to other humans, leading to the outbreak we have today. Person-to-person spread is what is believed to have been the primary cause of the virus spreading into an epidemic, a pandemic. 
According to the CDC, the virus spreads between people who are within close contact of one another, defined as six feet. Specifically, the virus travels through respiratory droplets produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. People are typically most contagious when showing symptoms of the disease. It is possible that it could spread before people show symptoms, but according to the CDC, this is not the main way that the virus spreads. With that said, it is believed that part of the reason why it was so difficult to originally contain this virus was because asymptomatic people passed on the virus to others before being identified as having the disease. Basically, people didn't show symptoms of the disease, so it was hard or impossible for us to tell if they had it. So they were able to infect other people without being identified as it as having the disease at first, which made prevention of it extremely difficult. So how contagious is this disease? According to an article by Vox, the average person, the average infected person will infect two to three other individuals. This makes it more conditional, more contagious than the seasonal flu, where each infected person infects on average 1.3 other people. So it's quite contagious. Since the outbreak of the virus in China, the virus has clearly spread all around the world. Specifically, it has spread to over 110 different countries and territories, with, in total, over 125,000 cases and 4,600 deaths. China still remains the country with the most cases at around 80,000 and the most deaths at around 3,000. The next three most infected countries are Italy, Iran, and South Korea. The virus has also spread to the United States affecting more than three dozen states, with the largest clusters in Washington, California, and New York, according to an article by Time. So what can we do to try and avoid the virus? According to the CDC, the only sure way to prevent catching the virus is to avoid exposure to it. Now clearly, that's pretty obvious. But tips that the CDC offers that will help to avoid exposure include avoiding keeping close contact with other people, so not being within six feet of another person, and putting distance from yourself and other people if the coronavirus is spreading in your community. So basically not going to as many community events if the coronavirus is present within your community. The CDC also recommends washing your hands with soap and water for 20 seconds. If soap and water are not readily available, then utilizing a hand sanitizer that contains at least 60% alcohol will do the job. With the hand sanitizer, apply it until both hands feel dry. Finally, avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. Now, before we continue on with our discussion, we have a word from our sponsor that we would like to share at this time. Do you need a poster for Stugo, NHS, or your lunchtime club? Do you need a logo to represent your new business? If so, you need VJ's graphic design services. VJ designed the logo for Awk Thoughts, and he would be happy to do the same for you. Email VJ at salamandastudios.com. That's Salamanda with an A at the end, not an ER. VJ at salamandastudios.com. Okay, and we're back. So why does washing your hands work? There's a somewhat complicated explanation for this, and it can be found in the Science Focus article linked on our website. But the basic explanation is that if the virus from the respiratory droplets when a person sneezes or coughs fall to a surface and a person touches that surface and then touches his or her face, 
then that person could become infected. By washing hands frequently or utilizing hand sanitizer, the soap or the sanitizer kills the virus on an individual's hands before it can go go into his or her respiratory tract. With all of that said, this is not a surefire way of preventing the disease. The reason for this is that it is possible to catch the disease from the coughs or sneezes of an infected person directly without needing to touch a surface. This is, in fact, the main way the virus spreads. Still, washing your hands is a good precaution to be taking. The CDC also has recommendations for protecting others. These include staying home if you're sick, covering your coughs and sneezes, wearing face masks if you are sick, and cleaning and disinfecting surfaces regularly. They can also... Uh, They also provide a number of community mitigation strategies. For individuals, the actions that make the most substantial impacts are continuing to monitor local information and limiting community involvement. For schools and childcare, the actions that make up the most substantial impacts are school dismissals and implementing long-distance learning, if that is feasible. Those recommendations can explain what has led to the large number of school cancellations that we are seeing currently. So these are all good preventative measures. But how dangerous is the virus if somebody actually gets it? This naturally depends on age and prior health. That seems to be relatively obvious, but the following are the actual numbers for death rates by age group. For people over 80, the death rate is 14.8%. For 70 to 79 is 9%. 60 to 69 is 3.6%. 50 to 59 is 1.3%. 40 to 49 is 0.4%, and 10 to 39 is 0.2%. I have gotten these numbers from worldometers.com and Vox, who have gotten this from China's reported data. Older people are more likely to die from the disease because they have weakened respiratory and immune systems. People with chronic medical conditions like heart disease, diabetes, and lung disease are also at greater risk. However, these numbers, in my opinion, should bring some semblance of calm to people currently panicking. The chance of someone dying from this disease is extremely, extremely low for an individual person. So we can take solace in the fact that even a worst-case scenario of getting infected with the disease provides an overwhelmingly large chance of survival. So, what have been the impacts of the coronavirus on the world so far? The markets have tanked in the past week. Friday this week has been a good day, but overall the markets have dropped significantly. Some say that we were overdue for a recession this year anyways, and the coronavirus just expediated that process. I do tend to agree with that rationale. Regardless, this does present an opportunity for investors to buy in at low prices. For people who have lost money, it is probably best to sit tight and wait for the market to recover, which it undoubtedly will. The NBA and NCAA have canceled both of their respective seasons over coronavirus concerns, which which has upset fans and players alike. With that said, the decision does make a good amount of sense, um, but it, it does present an unfortunate situation. President Trump has also announced the end of all travel to and from Europe for the next 30 days. This has been a controversial move with European governments and the airline industry agitated that they were not consulted when this policy was implemented. Now, it is important to note that this travel restriction does not apply to U.S. citizens or permanent residents within the United States. They are still able to come into the country, 
but they may end up facing a 14-day quarantine before being released to their normal lives. On Friday this week, President Trump also announced a national emergency, which will free up $50 billion in federal resources to combat the coronavirus. In the past couple of days and weeks, many school districts all across the country have also added an extended spring break to curb the impact of the virus. If things do not die down by the start of April, it remains to be seen how long this break will go on for. I didn't think that school closures would happen, but I was incorrect. I believe that these decisions were taken out of an abundance of caution, but they also make a great deal of sense given the situation at hand. Chassa sports have also been cancelled. Needless to say, this is negatively impacting many people. For seniors whose last year it was to play are now unable to finish out the sport they've been playing for four years. Many of them were relying on scholarship or recruiting opportunities for college that are now unable to be fulfilled. I'm not saying that the decision I'm not saying whether or not the decision to cancel these sports for the remainder of the semester was correct or not. Because I do believe that there was rationale which makes it understandable from an administration perspective. However, it is clearly an unfortunate situation for everyone involved. And and I do feel bad for for many of the players who have been impacted by this. In other news, many states have also enacted state, uh, state of emergencies and have prevented gatherings of more than 100 people at a single time. Now, will these measures successfully contain the virus? Well, the basic idea behind these measures is that it will slow the rate at which the virus spreads. We can think of this as two different curves. One is a curve in which there are no safety measures enacted. Visually, this looks like a curve with a normalized distribution. It starts small, then exponentially grows until it reaches a peak, and then exponentially falls. This curve theoretically represents the number of coronavirus cases. Now, with safety measures enacted, this curve should flatten. Theoretically, the exponential rate will drop, and the peak will also drop, lessening the spread of the virus. So, how does this whole thing end? There is no vaccine to prevent infection from the coronavirus currently. It is being expedited in development. Regardless, we are looking at a best-case scenario of one year until it is developed. More likely, it will take at least 18 to 24 months for this vaccine to come about. This is much faster than the typical 10-year time period it takes to build a vaccine. Part of the reason why it takes so long is that you can only skip so many steps within the whole process of building a vaccine without severely endangering safety. So one scenario for this pandemic to end is for public health measures to buy us enough time for this vaccine to be created, at which point the vaccine will slowly kill out this strand of the virus. Now, there's also a chance that the virus may mutate into a less harmful version of itself for humans, which would also end this pandemic. However, that would be extremely lucky for us, and it is extremely unlikely to happen. What that said is it has happened before, and it is a possibility. There is another chance of warmer weather killing out the virus, according to an article by Vox. For a variety of reasons, some viruses, but not all, become less transmissible as temperatures and humidity rise in the summer months. The viruses themselves may not live as long on surfaces in these conditions. Basically, they're seasonal viruses. In the case of our current virus, however, it would be premature to assume that it will do the same. We just don't know that right now. Mayumunda Majunder, a Harvard epidemiologist, says that, quote, 
Just because some respiratory diseases, like the flu, demonstrate seasonality, it doesn't mean that the COVID-19 will, end quote. She has been part of a study which has concluded that the changes in weather across China did not seem to impact the course of the outbreak, which would suggest that warmer months will not lead to the coronavirus dying out. A couple of weeks ago, we were hoping to contain the virus. However, that seems impossible at this point. As they say, the horse may be out of the barn. Now, part of the reason for this is that countries have not always taken the swiftest and most effective measures towards stopping the virus. Part of it is also how the virus spreads. Sometimes it's just incredibly difficult to predict and prevent. Another way the virus could spread is that enough people get immune to it, and that would develop some form of a herd immunity. If people become infected and survive, they develop immunity to the virus. Now, once enough people develop immunity, the virus can't spread as quickly because it can't jump to carriers as easily. So think about it this way. You have 20 people, 10 of whom are immune to the virus, and two people who have the virus. Those two people can't spread it to the 10 people who are immune, so it won't multiply as quickly. They can only spread it to the 8 people who don't. So basically the rationale is that if enough people become immune to it, then it won't spread as quickly, and eventually the virus will die down significantly. Now, the obvious problem with this is for enough people to develop immunity, you need a large portion of the population to become exposed to the virus. There are clearly relatively low death rates, but still it would end with millions of people dying before the virus is contained and dies out. So when will we be done with this? I haven't found too much information on when this pandemic will end, but I was able to find one source, um, and he's an expert who was credited with helping the SARS epidemic end, and he says that this pandemic can end by June if countries take strong actions towards that goal. If they don't, it could be pushed significantly. Currently, there's a lot that we don't know and that remains to be seen in the coming months. We'll know more about how long this virus will take, whether or not a vaccine will be created 12 months or 24 months from now, or even longer. And, we'll tr and then we'll have more plausible scenarios for how this pandemic could end. We'll also see how the markets will react, how schools and the government will react to this epidemic, to this pandemic. So we're just waiting on more information. But at the moment, I think the biggest thing all of us can do is to remain calm. Panicking is one thing that will not help the situation in any way. That's our episode for this week of Ock Thoughts. I hope that you all found it informative. If you're curious about our sources or information, please web visit our website at ockthoughts.net. Have a great extended spring break, and we'll see you next week.